Welcome back to Game Dev's Quest. So sorry it's been a while. Hope uh, hope our buddy John Dotson was uh, keeping your ear holes wet with us there. Uh, it, you know, since our last one-on-one -on -one visit. Um, if you guys forgot what my voice sounds like, I'm Rhett. Hey guys, I'm Taylor. And uh, yeah, what have you been up to, buddy? Dude, it's been crazy. It's been crazy and it's been not. Like, I've just been living, you know, like... <laughs> I've just been like I just been I've like, just been like living dude hell, have you ever just like living, lived yeah no I've like barely been on my computer at all when I get home um, we're just wrapping up summer in fact like within the last three days it was like 100 degrees practically and then it was like pouring down rain and like the last three days have just been pouring non-stop so yeah, it's like we've had some intense thunderstorms up here yeah same same here i uh, had another one today so um but yeah i was trying to finish uh summer strong doing a bunch of outdoor stuff we moved our shed uh finally which i don't know if i had told you that that was something we wanted to do yeah but, when i was at your house yeah so we did that it was kind of a process um did it by hand i was like super worried that we wouldn't be able to do it and that took like five nights uh after work of just pushing it like a few feet each you know each night um wow. one of the nights it was started started raining and uh so we didn't do it then but yeah we got that done that was kind of like the last thing that we got done before the rain really started um nice. but yeah otherwise like the last couple weeks since we've spoken it's just been working outside and uh i don't know I haven't really been all that interested in working on things lately. I've just been uh, really focused on the house. and uh, I don't know. Like, we were kind of mentioning this before the podcast, just, like, focusing on ourselves and, like, trying to be happy and stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's something that, like, if anybody listening along isn't in our Discord, like, it's something that's come up in our Discord quite a bit over the last few weeks, too. Yeah. Like, I took a week off from social media which was super nice um so i spent a lot of that time reading and just like working with my hands um i so our backyard also used to have like all of this bark dust spread across the entire thing um it was like covering weed and everything weeds uh and everything and we got our trees chopped down and they had these big old piles of bark dust from the stumps that were you know, set up in three huge piles, probably like, I don't know, five feet wide by four or five feet tall. And wow. I, I took all of that, uh, when I was on my like social media hiatus and I scooped it into one massive pile. <laughs> and, uh, so, cause the idea was like to clean it up, get the dirt, uh, exposed because we have like a really rocky soil and I wanted to scoop up the rocks or like scoop up the dirt, filter out the rocks, lay it down, then put some compost on top of that, and then do all the bark dust as like a mulch layer. Yeah. And uh, I'm not there yet, but yeah, I spent like just a lot of time out there working through all that. And uh, so yeah, it's been kind of nice not being super glued to the computer when I get home. It's been like, you know, that's why I said at the start, like just live in. <laughs> Yeah, I've been like getting so much computer time at work um, now that I like my job. You know, I'm programming a lot. When we the last time I we talked about it, I don't think I was really doing a lot of programming. And now it's like I pretty much go in and code the entire day. And so I'm getting a lot of good practice. I'm learning a lot, building a lot of confidence at work and stuff. Um, and I haven't really had as much of a desire to come home and work on programming. Um, but I also just, you know, I have like a lot of stuff to do around the house and I, I wanted to get it done before summer was over. So we'll see where things kind of take me in the next month or so. But it's been nice to just sort of have some space. But 
Anyways, nice. yeah, what about you, man? It's been a long time, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, those keeping count, last time we uh, podcast was uh, shortly after the release of Tale of the White Wyvern, um, which was um, more than a month ago. Yeah. And uh, so I haven't really talked to Taylor other than uh, the occasional group text message, um, trying to convince him to uh, abandon <laughs> his duties and come and join uh, me and some of our old friends uh, for an evening of entertainment. Um, so, yeah, in that time, I have rounded out my season up at Silver Falls, so back to doing what I was doing before, and um, I'm not too upset about it yet. Um, it's no big deal. Um, kind of do miss having like that. Um, I don't know. There's something about the physicality of that job. And now that I'm done with it, I'm ki- I kind of miss it because I was getting like pretty jacked. <laughs> Dude. Okay. Before we move on, I saw a picture of you on something. It was Alia like saw it maybe on Instagram or something. And I was like, yeah. damn, like red looks pretty good. He thinned out. Not that like you were big, but I could just tell that you would like, yeah, I don't know, become more toned or something. <laughs> yeah absolutely um so good work man <laughs> thanks well it helps that like i haven't had a haircut and for some reason whenever i have shaggy hair i always like my face looks a lot leaner <laughs> huh. <laughs> um but yeah actually like it, it was kind of weird uh, at the start of the season i was like really close to this like weight loss goal that i wanted to get to and <laughs> sorry if you guys are listening at home and you're like jesus really we're talking about weight loss goals now <laughs> but, uh, you know, hey, this is your game dev slash uh, living lifestyle podcast. So, yep. uh, <laughs> so I was pretty close to like this weight loss goal that I'd been trying to meet. And when I started working, I pretty much lost all ground I had made on that, which was weird to me. I didn't quite understand it. Well, anyway, I weighed myself uh, like shortly before I ended my season and like I had gone below my weight loss goal from before. So that was weird. Dang. That was a weird fluctuation. Um, I I kind of wonder, like, because I've been sort of fluctuating a lot lately, too, and I've been outside, like, working a lot, lifting heavy stuff, um, yeah. you know, pushing a giant shed. Like, actually, also, we picked up um, 168 uh, square foot stones that weighed 25 pounds each. And we loaded those all by hand into a truck and then into, or then, you know, over to the little pad that we built. And like, I was dead after that, just doing a lot of stuff like that. And I'm sure you did a lot of it. That kind of stuff at your job. Like, I feel like my, I'm gaining a lot of muscle, which adds to the weight, but also I'm like losing fat. So it's weird. Yeah, I think that's what it was um, because muscle weighs more than fat actually. Um, so I don't think I necessarily added any fat necessarily. And even if I did, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Um, yeah, uh, I don't, I'm, I'm not too like picky about all that stuff. I just had like a number that I wanted to be around to be comfortable. And I got like super close to it. And when I started losing, I was a little bummed, but in hindsight, I do think it was a lot of muscle. I think it was a lot of leg muscle, Hmm. um, because of how much walking I had been doing, um, I do a lot of like walking uphill. I do a lot and, you know, carrying weight. I mean, what you described doing in your backyard, that's what I did all day, every day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all summer. So, um, so yeah, I think there's a lot about that. I've just, and then I, I just noticed in terms of like my endurance and like upper body strength, like, um, I was just like leaps and bounds further than I was like, even in like July, um, you know, you just notice like how many things get easier, like carrying these like heavy power tools and doing stuff like that and working with heavy power tools for long times. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's, it was kind of nice. And um, I think part of the weight loss, I got to attribute uh, a lot uh, to not drinking as much this summer. Yeah. Um, and just cause I haven't like had time, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't begrudge anybody their afternoon uh, or their evening beers rather when they get off work or whatever f- floats your fancy. I'm the same way, but I just like, didn't really have time, especially cause I was like working so late. Yeah. Um, 
it's like didn't quite feel right to get off and then like you know drink a beer at midnight every single night or whatever so <laughs> yeah kind of put it off and then i didn't like go into the store so when i ran out i just stopped buying stuff totally um, drinking a drinking a little glass of whiskey right now so it's not like i gave it up for good but um you're back yeah, at so it dude. Was, it's a special occasion yeah absolutely <laughs> hanging out with my old buddy taylor yeah. i haven't seen him in years <laughs> yeah but yeah and um so that's been good so it is kind of a relief to be done uh doing that um and then uh god what else uh yeah here's a weird thing i think i talked about this in the discord i think yeah i did um i went to a dave matthews concert which was like really weird um just because like okay so this is kind of funny i don't know it's just it felt like the closest to being in a foreign country that i've ever felt in terms of like at a concert really (laughs) you know like the whole thing was just a weird foreign experience like it's really bizarre um this is more of a joke analogy than anything but um bailey and i we uh engaged in this challenge of uh we each picked five movies and then alternated between we're not done with it but we alternate between watching those movies and they're you know there can be no objection from the other party um, <laughs> nice i like that and so we've actually like taken it as an opportunity to, like watch movies that we haven't really seen before or maybe saw once a long time ago or whatever or yeah. didn't understand mm-hmm. um so like we watched eyes wide shut the other day um mm, okay stanley kubrick uh directs and tom cruise and nicole kidman star yeah and the movie is about this like weird like sex cult type thing um and the most you know iconic scene in the entire movie is uh you know when he is observing like all the weird like sex rituals going on and everybody's wearing the masquerade masks um which by the way we uh when me and bailey were in venice we actually bought a masquerade mask from the same shop that furnished every single mask in that movie oh that's cool yeah um, nice so that was kind of neat i think uh when you guys were over before because alia is into those uh, yeah. types of masks uh she was asking about it i think we talked about that with her but um so how does this get back to dave matthews <laughs> yeah 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 so during the sex ritual bailey looks at me and she goes so is this like dave matthews <laughs> 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 i was like yes exactly <laughs> It's just like, because in the movie, he's an outsider. He basically, uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, he gets some private knowledge privy um, to, like, where this thing is. And he wants to see it for himself. So, you know, 2 a.m. in the morning, he goes and he acquires a masquerade costume and he manages to get out to where it is. And he gives them the password and they let him in. But so he's like an outside observer and he's like infiltrated this. And he's, like, watching it. And that's what I felt like. You know, I was, like, this outside observer watching this, like, weird ritual happen. Um, (laughs) Like, I don't understand why. Like, because, I mean, Dave Matthews. I remember so many people when we were growing up saying that Dave Dave Matthews' band was, like, their favorite band. Yeah. What is up with that? I don't know. Like, I don't even think I can name a song by Dave Matthews. Yeah. So, I used to, like, I used to do a joke. Um that the premise was this uh, i won't recite it um but the premise was like there's two types of dave matthews fans there's the dave matthews fans that have seen him in concert once and they love him then there are the dave matthews fans that have seen him a hundred times and they can't stop to talk now because they're on their way to their next one <laughs> <laughs> and that is everybody that's at that dave matthews concert huh. like dude people were like flipping out that it was my first time they were like so stoked that I was there for my first Dave Matthews concert. <laughs> <laughs> what? And and like it, it was like I got one of the responses I got a whole bunch was like, "Oh, I wish this could be my like I wish that I could go back and have my first Dave Matthews concert again." What? You know how like people are like, "There's no better feeling than like experiencing your favorite thing for the first time." Yeah. Like you wish you could read your favorite book again for the first time. Right. And have that experience or like you wish you could eat your favorite meal or watch your favorite movie or whatever for the first time as though you've yeah. never seen it or experienced it before. You have no idea what to expect. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody was saying about Dave Matthews. <laughs> huh. Yeah. 
It that was is, bizarre. That and is then, weird. And then the thing is, is like, so like I was there with a buddy who had seen him four times that week. That was his fourth time. Oh seeing my him. god! What? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He saw him Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then we went again on Wednesday. God, that is yeah, that is really weird. Right? They yeah. have friends that they only see when they see Dave Matthews. <laughs> Which isn't that weird because, like, you know, we have friends that we only see, like, when we play video games. Like, when we play sure. video games. Yeah, that's you know? true. Yeah. Huh. Like, we could tell you private details about these complete strangers' lives. <laughs> right. <laughs> we don't yeah. know what they look like, but we could tell you everything <laughs> about their job, their loved ones, etc. Huh. Like most people on the Discord. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a great example. Yeah. So, everyone listening, you are Dave Matthews people. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, and I think I said it in the Discord. I'm not a convert. I don't think I need to go see him again. Yeah. Um, but uh, all in all fairness, like one of the best concerts I've been to. I had never been to a rock concert like that. Like that was just it was a little overwhelming at first, you know. It was pretty cool. Nice. Um, yeah. So I did that. Um, been reading some book uh, books. <laughs> been reading some book, bro. Yeah, I read some good book. <laughs> Uh, picked up another Tana uh, Hasi Coates book. Oh which yeah. Anybody keeping track? Um, me, when me and Taylor were doing the book club, Tana Hasi Coates was um, a great writer. Um, basically, wrote this series of letters to his son, um, just you know about uh, the experience of being raised black in America and all that sort of stuff. And what was the book um, that we read? I can't even remember the title for some reason. It's called Between the World and Me. Oh yeah, Between the World and Me. That was a good book. Yeah, it's really good. And so I'm like reading his memoir. It's called The Beautiful Struggle. And uh, it's really good. At first, I wasn't sure how much I was going to enjoy it. But, you know, I opened it up and um, the map is a map of the city he grew up in, which is Baltimore, which, you know, anybody keep in track, notoriously difficult, rough city to grow up in during the 80s, especially if you're black. And um, I opened up the, the map and and on the front page he has a map basically and it's drawn like a fantasy world map (laughs) and uh you know it's got like scroll work on the edges and like swords and you know skulls and then he's got a legend with all of these locations and he has described them in a very like romanticized adventurous like fantastical way um that's cool so i was like oh this will be kind of interesting to read and so um I'm almost done with that book. It's just really well done. It's basically just kind of goes through the story of his life, touches a lot on his father's life. Um, but he tells it in a very like just free flowing organic way. It feels like you're walking through a dream. Yeah. Almost. Dude. I don't know why. Like I had this thought just a minute ago that I don't know if I've ever read a writer or read a book from a writer who feels so much like a filmmaker. I don't, like, I don't know if yeah. I, like, the way he writes is, like, very vivid, but you're yeah. right, in a way that's kind of, like, dreamlike, in the same way that, like, a movie yeah, is, like, it's realistic, but you know that it's not real, or something, yeah. you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. He's a really and good writer. He's an amazing writer, and this book is just, like, dude, Between the World and Me was amazing, and, like, had some stuff that I think about every day, like, this book just packs a wallop, too, and it's... Um, it's just interesting and the way that he highlights things that we would automatically label as like evil or depraved or whatever like he's able to like really parse it because he 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 like taps into that like childlike psyche that he had when he was going through it and to him it was just life it was it was not evil you know it was neither benevolent or malevolent it's just what it was you know and he loved like he's just talking about some of the bad things his father got up to and and um i have no he's done such a good job like his father's done some clearly like i think he's done some clearly bad things right he's like beat his kids he's uh had children with like you know multiple women like in affairs and things like that um but like you also kind of like him like he seems like a really rich character um I don't know. It's just bizarre. Yeah. You know? It's really well done. And yeah, it feels like, I wish I could think of a movie that it was like, but it does kind of have that very like dreamlike quality to it. You know, um, 
God, I was I was thinking of a movie that it was like the other day, but I can't think all of a sudden. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, the beautiful struggle is what it's called. So if you guys are interested in that, go check it out. Um, nice, really well done. Um, yeah, yeah, I've been I've been uh, I don't know if I mentioned that that I got uh, a Kubo e-reader. Did I tell you that? Nice, um, dude. But how'd yeah. you get a Kubo? Um, they sell them. Isn't that what it's called? Oh, they do. Yeah. I huh. think that's what it's called. Let me look it up. Really quick. I thought they were discontinued. Uh, nope they they still make they still make them. Or, oh, Kobo, not Kubo, Kobo. Yeah, I know Kobo. Yeah. So yeah, so um, the Nook was Barnes and Noble's e-reader. The uh-huh. Kobo originated as Borders e-reader. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I always had sort of preferred the Kobo. Um, I never had one. Um, I ended up getting a Kindle. And I love the Kindle. The Kindle works great. Um, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. Tell me about it. Yeah. Um, well, I just, you know, I have all these like ebooks racked up from all these humble bundles and stuff. And so yeah. I decided a couple months ago, um, you know, I wanted to bring reading back to like my normal everyday life. And so nice. I picked one up. Really love it. Um, so yeah. I've been reading a lot. Do you have uh, any e-ink display or is it? Uh, yeah, I believe so. E-ink? It's not an LCD or whatever. No, it's not an LCD. It's an e- yeah. E-ink. Dude, those e-ink displays, like for people who haven't made the plunge into e-readers yet, and that think it's like the bane of reading technology, dude. Like you can't even tell. Yeah, like, it looks just like a book. Yeah, like a page. It's amazing. It is amazing. Um, and I guess it's maybe maybe it's semi new, um, or they just talk a lot about it. Uh, they have like lights inside of them now that so you can read them in the dark, which is cool. Nice. And the one that I got is uh, all waterproof. So like I used to, when I was a kid, I used to always read in the bathtub and uh, <laughs> I a couple times dropped the books, like not fully in the water, but I got them pretty, pretty wet. Um, so it's... I remember loaning you books in high school and you were like, don't worry, dude, I won't even read this in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> did I say that? That's yeah. I, well, that was like, I don't know. That was a thing that I did. Oftentimes, like my family, we'd go on vacation and I wouldn't really want to go because um, we'd always go to like the same spots around Oregon. And uh, so I just end up packing a bunch of books with me. And oftentimes, like I just alternate between like, you know, reading outside or like reading on the couch or reading in the bathroom. Yeah. So I don't know. I still do that sometimes, not very, not very often anymore. But I got the the water resistant one, so you can like fully drop it in the in water and it survives. But nice. um, yeah, so I've been reading a little bit more. Uh, right now, I've been going through this book called The Sixth Extinction, oh, yeah. um, which I maybe have talked about on the podcast. I started reading it a while back and didn't. Uh, didn't finish so i picked it back up and continued reading and man i've just been like really fascinated with natural history lately thinking about sort of like the ebbs and flows of life throughout history on earth um and it's just like really fascinating to to think about how everything has sort of evolved and changed over time um but it also is like you know how i am i think a lot about climate change and animals and all this stuff it's like super super depressing reading about this because it's like one extinction event after another kind of reminded me of uh sapiens a little bit reading about just how like humans like went and colonized the earth and like killed so many animals off and stuff um but there's some really interesting things uh in the sixth extinction it's basically you can guess by the title like you know throughout human history or throughout the history of the world we've had five massive extinction events that geologists are able to see in the in the rock layers basically and so the sixth extinction implies that we are then we're causing the next extinction event um and so it goes through like every chapter is about some different thing that's going on in the world or has gone on and you know it's just super fascinating um especially when they go back to like i love the history of science in general like they they're talking about how um you know when thomas jefferson was around we just found like the first fossil of like a mastodon and they brought it back to him and like no one even believed that extinction was a thing like they thought that the earth was made in perfection and so nothing could go extinct and like so one of the reasons that um 
Jefferson sent Lewis and Clark West was to try to find the Mastodon, you know, <laughs> like he had yeah. no idea. Um, so it's interesting. And it just hearing about like all these different scientists that, you know, were kind of working in this weird world where, you know, science and religion oftentimes are sort of like merged together in ways and them trying to kind of like use the evidence they saw to, um, prove religious elements and stuff. I don't know. It's, it's really fascinating. And it just goes to show like in 200 years, how like the scientific method really just like boomed and life has just like changed so drastically in such a short period of time. It's super interesting. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm not done with this book yet, but it's been like fascinating and, you know, really depressing as well at the same time. Um, you know, learning about all the extinctions that are going on right now. Nice. So <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. But my plan is to kind of go on, you know, another kick of, of science books. Like uh, anyone who doesn't know me, like I, Carl Sagan's like one of my heroes. And so I've gone through and collected like all of his books and I've read about half of them. Um, so I want to finish reading all of his works and then, uh, probably, probably do, uh, the next, the second sapiens book. What's it called? Uh, um, Amadeus or something. Yeah. I think it's, uh, Homo Deus. Homo Deus. Yeah. Um, Anyways, I also have a couple of climate change books that I have lined up. Um, one of one of my really good friends at work, uh, he is like not fully convinced on climate change, <laughs> and so we like talk about it constantly at work, um, and we're basically like we're basically arguing all the time whenever there's like we go to lunch or something like that, and so I've just been like. I don't know. I feel like I'm just kind of obsessed about it again. And so, um, have some of those queued up. Anyways, I'm kind of <laughs> derailing here, but no, no. Um, um, dude, yeah. in related media consumption, uh, huh. I started playing this game, uh, called pathfinder kingmaker and it's like a top-down you know rpg in the same vein as pillars or tyranny is what i've talked about divinity um you know all those types of games yeah and uh, it is in the pathfinder rule set which is a little bit uh, more akin to like old school 3.5 D D for those keeping score at home and uh, it's really good the game's really good um at nice. first, I wasn't. I just decided to give it a go, just kind of because I was bored, you know. After uh, my season ended one day, and uh, the game's really well done. So basically, it's a top-down RPG um, adventure game, and you create your character. You know, you pick from your races, like elf, dwarf, human, blah blah blah, typical D and D stuff. Create your character from a list of classes and get your stats all gone, and then. The first like several hours of the game is like a stereotypical adventure game where you go into these untamed wilds and you track down clues to figure out where to go next and who to beat up next and and uh, all that sort of stuff. Well, then the rest of the game is divided into this like kingdom management style thing. So you basically become like the king or baron of your own realm and you have to manage it. Like you have to like build your city. You have to assign advisors to basically help you maintain order in different areas of of government and then when super serious things come up you don your adventuring gear and you go and whip its ass or whatever (laughs) um so the game play itself like the adventuring stuff doesn't really change but now you have to balance the adventuring and then traveling around the map and getting loot and killing bad guys and leveling up with managing your kingdom Um, weird yeah, it's huh. really well done. I really recommend it to anybody who's into those games. Uh, it's 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 interesting because you know that's one of the things that I really liked that Pillars of Eternity did. And I think that was like kind of one of the more modern spins that I'd ever seen on that old school 
RPG feel was uh, Pillars gives you a base that you spend gold on to upgrade and to hire soldiers to defend it and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I always thought that was a neat mechanic. Uh, I think Pillars 2 gives you a ship uh, that you sail nice. around on. That's cool. Well, this one gives you a whole kingdom, and um, <laughs> and it's fun because it's it's literally a, almost a direct rip off of Dungeons and Dragons. So, like, once you kind of figure out, uh, once you get kind of the translations going in your own mind, um, it's basically like playing an old school Dungeons and Dragons game, but with like really awesome kingdom management uh, mechanics, and um, the game is really rewarding and just has all the same stuff that tickles you when you play, you know, like Divinity or Neverwinter Nights or whatever, but with a lot of this updated modern stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's really fun. So I recommend that to anybody. Um, Also, for those still interested, like, you still got, like, two weeks left on that RPG bundle to get Tyranny and Pillars of Eternity for less than five bucks. Yeah, that's so worth it. I can't believe, like, I feel like there's been some really good deals on games lately that... yeah. Like, I feel like I waited for as long as I could and I just finally pulled the trigger and now they're like dirt cheap or like Epic Games uh, Game Launcher has them for free. Yeah. Like, I don't know if everyone's keeping up with that, but I've been just hoarding games, like racking them up and I, you know, like I barely played any of them, but I already have like 30 games from just their free uh, weekly giveaway thing nice so yeah yeah um pillars is easily like one of the best um top-down rpgs i've ever played and tyranny uh might be better in some ways it's different um there's some aspects of it that are way better than pillars and then there's some aspects of it that are way worse um tyranny is like a really interesting one i've talked about it at length on the podcast (laughs) so i won't bore you guys but yeah um, i really enjoyed it but pathfinder kingmaker's been treating me really well Nice, dude. Yeah, I saw you playing it the other day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've not that I've played a lot of games lately, but uh, Danny and I are are getting really close to finishing Divinity: Original Sin Two, which we realized has been almost two years of us playing on like nice. a close to weekly basis. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Um, so that's been fun. And then I don't think we talked about this yet, but. Uh, I picked up Age of Empires Definitive Edition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I haven't like played it a ton, but I played a couple matches. And, uh, man, they did a really good job. Like The graphics are really, really nice. And uh, it's it's literally just the same game, <laughs> you nice. know, with like, yeah, nice yeah. graphics. Um, really, the the best visual upgrade that I've seen so far is they added physics to... Uh, buildings when they get demolished. Oh, nice! And it's like this really cool, like sinking, falling, uh, not animation. It's just you know physics. Um, but yeah, I've been playing that. Like I used to play Age of Empires one, like you know 1999 or something, and uh, then it was all Age of Empires two. And I don't think I've hardly played that game since then. So I, I powered it up and was playing it and i was like man i don't even like remember what buildings to yeah. build and like what units go you know they ha- they actually have like quite a few extra buildings like the academy and stuff that they don't have in age of empires 2 um so it was kind of fun just like seeing what they had yeah um, i played rise of rome a lot in fact that's pretty much my exclusive age of empires experience other than landing uh aoe 2 yeah um yeah they so they well rise of rome is really cool yeah. uh that was a good one i played that a decent amount but yeah um but yeah they announced that age of empires 2 definitive edition is coming out in november and they had like a the day or week or something that they announced that they had like a 25 percent off for both of them because uh, they at that time were added to steam so i picked both those up i have Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition pre-ordered, so I'm excited for that. Sounds like they've added some new civilizations and uh, basically picking up where Age of Empires 2 HD left off with all of their new civs and everything like that. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, And then finally, like the other game that I've been really enjoying lately, 
I've been playing Into the Breach. Oh, yeah. Um, the game's amazing. Yeah, it's so fun. It's like, what I love about it is just like how simple everything yeah. is. The maps um, are really tight. That's like the one thing yep. that really blew me away because I played that a lot. Uh, I think like around when we started this podcast. Yeah. Um, and I was always analyzing it from that game design perspective because the maps are like nearly perfectly designed for each thing. Like the moves are, you have to really plan them out. Yeah. It's pretty punishing. Yeah. Uh, as well. Like I've actually, I've only had, this is my second playthrough. The first one I lost like pretty early on. Um, yeah. well, it's designed but, to lose. It's a rogue, a rogue, yeah, rogue, rogue, like, uh, it kind of reminds me of like Godzilla or something. Yeah. You, know, you, you drop yeah, your bags and you, you fight like the, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been really fun. I've been, it's easy to play like, you know, for 15 minutes or something. You know, you just yeah. squeeze in a couple little matches or whatever you want to call it, uh, here and there. And like, it has pretty cool, simple isometric artwork. So yeah. Um, same guys who made FTL, obviously. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I think I saw a, uh, postmortem of that game, uh, on YouTube somewhere, but I can't remember. Definitely worth checking out if you're enjoying it. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I've been thinking a like, lot. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say that game was really good. Like my brother unlocked everything in that game like way faster. Nice. It's got significantly less content than FTL, and I think significantly like less replayability. But hmm. it's still like a really tight game. Really yeah, well done. For sure. Yeah, I've been uh, been kind of. I think I mentioned this a while back that I was like planning on reworking the logging game, and I've been thinking of it fitting more of a mold like into the breach uh than anything else where it's more of like a turn-based strategy kind of a game yeah um and so i'm like playing it but sort of like trying to study it and figure out you know how their simple mechanics are are you know super fun and addicting um and like i just right before we started recording the podcast, I was playing it and I got to like this new Island cause it's broken down into these different islands that you kind of like, um, conquer, I guess, save. um, save. Yeah. And, uh, so I got to like the last Island, uh, and they added like a bunch of stuff. Like they added these conveyor belts and like teleporter things where if you like end up on a certain space, it'll move you and, uh, that sort of adds to it. But then they also, like, previous islands, they had, like, acid. Or what I thought was kind of cool was they had ice. And if, like, explosions happen on top of the ice, they break. And then you can, like, hit enemies on top of, you know, that tile. And then they fall into the water and die, um, which is kind of cool. So it's, like, the environment's not super interactable. But if you play it right, it is. And it can, like, really work to either your advantage or disadvantage. Yeah. Um, which is pretty neat. Um, yeah, but I, I kind of decided recently, now that, like, the rain has come, it's been weird just, like, the last three days because I've been really, you know, after work and everything, if it's sunny, I just go outside and work. And now it's been rainy. Um, it was, like, a really great excuse to kind of just come in and relax. Yeah. And so I'm telling myself right now that, like, once, uh, you know, fall and everything comes and I'm stuck inside, like, I'm just going to really try to relax and play some games this year. Cause I have like practically infinite games at this point. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, what's uh, made my life significantly easier doing this, uh, playing what? games and stuff. And I sort of got this from playing my PlayStation four is that cause my PlayStation four has pretty significant like memory limitations. So mm-hmm. I could only have like a few games installed or, you know, maybe even just like one or two, yeah. um, depending on what I had. And of course, when I had one or two games installed, I tended to play those games. Um, and so I decided to do that to my Steam library. Nice. And um, right now, let me look at my Steam library. <laughs> uh, I only have four games installed. Wow. Dude, so our reasoning is like almost the exact opposite, but... Yeah, I have 53 installed on this PC. Yeah. Um, and you know what What happened was, I don't remember exactly what game it was, but you and I, every once in a while, like over the years, 
if it was outside of like Dota or Counter Strike days, we'd want to play something random, you know, something different. Yeah. And we would never know what to play, and so we'd like yep. literally compare all of our stuff, and then I wouldn't have anything installed. And yep. depending on where it was at, I was like, okay, we're ready to play, and now we got to wait for like 30 minutes to install. So when you know I got these hard drives that are like a terabyte, I was like, I'm just going to install everything that Rhett and I would possibly play <laughs> <Yeah>. together. <laughs> but that's probably a good idea. I I start <clears throat> I started doing. Uh, using the favorite section. Um, so now I pretty much only look at the games that I have in my favorites, which is like a handful of them. Sure. But but I like that idea. Yeah, well, I tell you what. Minimalist uh, about I've played, it. Let me add it up. I guess all the games I played aren't on here. But I definitely put like 60 hours into Tyranny. Um, well, this ain't working for some hmm. Steam froze on me. But I have 20 hours in Pathfinder Kingmaker. I think I have like 70 hours in Kingdom Come. So, Damn. yeah, I've played more games like this summer than I had in like the last like two or three years combined. Yeah. <laughs> and I think part of it is just like streamlining my game selection process. I did, And I got the idea for my PlayStation 4 because I was like, man, why am I playing this one game so much? Because like, it, it kind of started with Spider-Man because I, I bought Spider-Man. And I really only had that and like one other game installed um, that I could fit on there. And then Red Dead came out. And when I came back from Europe, I got Red Dead and like only that and like another small game could fit on my hard drive. So I downloaded that and I like played through these games like to almost 100% completion. Not even close actually on Red Dead. But, um, but I probably put like 120 hours in on Red Dead. And it was always like, man, how did I? Hey, are you still there? <laughs> Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um, it was like, man, how did I do that, you know? Um, sorry. Freaking Steam, like, crashed on me, so I was just making sure nothing, Audacity didn't crash on me or anything. Oh, no, you're good. I had to force it to close. Um, you know? Yeah. So then I had my Steam library, and I had, like, 120 games installed. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? Yeah. And I hadn't played any of them. And every time I would want to play one, I'd, I'd scroll through the list from top to bottom, and I'd read them all, and I'd look at the store page. Finally, I just like went on, and I wanted to play Mountain Blade Warband Two, which isn't out, which is not out yet. And so I googled the list of games. It was like games I could play while I'm waiting for Mountain Blade Warband Two, and I got a list of those games, and I bought a couple of them. And I only had those installed, and I only played those, <laughs> and we're still doing that. So, um, yeah, it's been really refreshing and really fun because it's like you know, it's just like the other thing. That's the other problem I have. I love my e-reader, but I finally had to only keep a couple books on there at a time because oh, I would yeah. sit there and scroll through all my books and be like, "What do I want to read?" Blah. Right. No, just like I, re- and it's the same thing. When I was backpacking in Central America, I realized I read freaking three books on that trip that I'd been meaning to read for a long time. And A, yeah. it helps that I did not have a cell phone available to like scroll. Right. Um, but I also only had a couple books to choose from. Right. And yeah. like, one of them was really short. So like when I knocked that one out, I was like, well, I guess I'll just see which one captures me the most. And I picked one up and was captured right away. You know, so it's like, you don't have the options. You're forced to read them. And, and uh, so I'm trying to do that with the games. It's been really helpful. Yeah, man. Yeah, I've kind of like... When I stopped using social media for like a week, um, it really made me think about, you know, phone use. Like, I'm sure we've talked about this, but like, I was almost, yeah. I was almost to the point where I was like, dude, why do I even have a phone? Like, sh- should I just get a flip phone? Yeah. Like, and the only thing I could think of that stopped me from just being like, okay, next phone is is a flip phone is, uh, podcasts. Yeah. You know, like it'd be pretty annoying not to be able to listen to podcasts. Yeah. I could, I would be a little bit sad about like Discord and stuff, but I could handle that. Uh, I probably wouldn't be as attached or whatever, but uh, that maybe that's a good thing, you know? Yeah. Well, um, there's a solution to that. You can just get yourself a independent like MP3 player and just download podcasts. That's true. Yeah. Like, I mean, do you ever like need to like surf for new podcasts when you're out and about? I always prep mine before I leave. I never yeah. stream them. Right. Yeah. Me neither. Um, uh, you know, 
So there's that idea, which basically your phone could be, if you decided to get a flip phone, just discontinue service on your smartphone and use yeah. it as like a little surfer when you're home. That's true. It's like an MP3 player or whatever. Um, I personally yeah. need mine for like business and things like that, but I've often yeah. dreamt of that because I, I just, I hate, um, I hate lots of stuff about it, but it is helpful. Yeah. It's a good tool. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I like Kurt has talked a lot about um, this sort of thing too. And for some reason, maybe it's like owning a house, but um, I've sort of felt similar where like I spent my whole tw- like all my twenties basically just like constantly consuming s- something like something was always consuming my attention. And uh, Kurt was talking about like some books that he had read. Um, and one of them was like about this guy who like just farmed his whole life and how like he he had the most enriching life, you know, just like going back to the basics and not like caring or needing technology and stuff like that, which is like, sure. I don't don't need that. However, you know, the one thing I've always, I always thought about is like, there's stories, stories of like people that go to like live in the communes and they come back and they're like, yeah, there's no fucking washing machines. And I'll wash all my clothes by hand. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Which is like, fine, I'm sure we could all manage that. However, we don't realize how time-consuming that is. Right. You know, there's so many chores that we have the luxury of technology to do them for us. It makes a huge yeah. difference. Like, Oh, for sure. Yeah, know, I'm not... I think, I think that I'm there's a good saying... balance to strike, but... Totally. Yeah, I'm not saying, like, I'd revoke using anything that has electricity or, yeah. <laughs> you know, but... Uh, it just like, sort of got me thinking a lot about like how um, I'm it's kind of like you know how when you have a conversation with somebody you should like be talking to them in the present like listening paying attention sure I almost feel like it's in a similar way like that's how life is like if we're always just living on our computers or whatever it is like we're yeah, not this really ties in with that concept of like deep work yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it reminded me a lot about deep work. Like, yeah. you're not really connected with what's in front of you. Yeah. Um, See, and I think that's that's interesting because I actually uh, that guy who wrote that book was on uh, NPR um, on my last shift uh, driving home from the park. Oh yeah. So I was like listening to him talk about it, and it's funny because he's talking about deep work, and I was like, I was like, dang, dude, but like, and it's funny because I kind of. Um, I think I had lacked deep work the last like couple years and uh, occasionally like there's a lot of work in my career that like lacked deep work, but all summer deep work every day. Yeah. And uh, I was like, dang dude, but like he's only talking about office work and all this stuff. I was like, why isn't he talking about deep work and like physical jobs? And he goes, yeah, deep work is pretty like evident in physical jobs. I was like, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) he like didn't even care about that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It's just I think that's the benefit of working with your hands, though. Like you've been talking definitely. about going outside and doing all that. Um, yeah, you sort of lose yourself in the work, and it's and it ends up not being work anymore. It's yeah. just something that you're doing, and you, like it's it's almost like you go on autopilot, and you're aware of everything that's going on, but you're just like there's a different level of connectedness to it. Yeah. So um, my favorite thing about deep work is um, obstacles become like. Uh, they become joyful in a way because yeah. I freaking love problem solving. It's like we all play video games and like really enjoy like coming up with solutions to problem and problems in video games. However, when I'm not in like a flow state or something like that, like obstacles <laughs> oftentimes just feel like stopping points, like disembarking right. points. It's like, eh, I'll figure this out later. Yeah, um, totally. But like, you know, when I was up at the park, like there were so many times where I'd hit this roadblock, like a pretty big one. I realized that maybe I didn't have the tool that I needed or whatever. And it would take me, you know, too long to go back to the shop and get what I need and come back out. Like my work time would basically be over. And uh, so I'd have to like improvise and I'd have to think on my feet. And like, it was always so awesome to be able to go back and like talk to the person that assigned me the task. And and they're like, what, you managed to do that without that? And I was like, yeah, go check it out. And they're like, holy crap, (laughs) that works great. Well done. You know, it like felt so good. I attributed that all to like that deep work state because like I had zero distractions, you know? Um, Right. And so it's kind of, kind of, 
I think something to be to be said. However, I also appreciate technology. Um, yeah, no, I, and I. No, you uh, hate it. You're pretty much oh, a freaking. I, I freaking ne- hate technology. Yeah. Yeah, you're like gonna be <laughs> Amish now. <laughs> Dude, by the way, when we were shopping for furniture, maybe I've said this already, but we went to the Amish store. Yeah. They have the best furniture of all time. Like everyone yeah. knows it, but like until you go and you like rub your hand across their wood surface you don't even know dude <laughs> like, yeah it's so good <laughs> i was like you know what when i get old i'm buying strictly amish furniture <laughs> <laughs> but uh but no um like some of the best days i have right now um are when i go to work and i like i have a task in front of me and i might not like know how to get there but I am like super focused on figuring it out. Yeah. And like, you know, there's like a lot of growth in that time. And I'm, and the whole time I'm just like consumed by it. Like those days go by in a flash. And like, at the end of the day, I'm like, holy crap. Like I made so much progress. I learned so much. Um, I stayed focused. And a lot of that I feel like has to do with um, sort of like, organization knowing what i need to do and then also like limiting distractions and i think it's a lot easier to do that when you're out somewhere and not just sitting in one place all day you know what i mean yeah so see an organization that's a really big part of it and that's what i found as well just being able to have i think i read it in um Stephen King's memoir called On Writing, and he describes like his grandpa teaching him how to work, and his grandpa had this humongous, at least I think it was Stephen King, he had this humongous toolbox that he would cart around for any little job around the house. Oh, the screen's broken? All right, let's go repair it. And he'd, lag out, he'd drag out this big toolbox, and Stephen King was like, Grandpa, like, why do, we, why do we do this? And he goes, well, that way, when we get over there, we won't be intimidated into stopping by a little hiccup if we don't have the right tool. Because we have all of our tools right here, no matter what. So we're ready for any situation. Even though we can we can reasonably estimate the screen's going to be it. What if we discover something on the way? What if we discover something on the way back or nearby that we want to attend to? Well, we already have our tools out. We're going to be more productive. We already have everything we need. We don't have to go back. We don't have to stop, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. <sighs> yeah kind of, um, there was a point I was going to make. Oh, yeah, just about um, talking about distractions and stuff, even at cubicles. Like, I think that's the other thing that I've been doing that's been making my gaming time a lot more enriching is I leave my phone charging, uh, like, in the other room. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so it's like, dude, most of the time when my phone rings, it's a spam caller. Um, you know, there's only one person that's texting me right now that's of any importance, really. Um and so who me yeah (laughs) you bro (laughs) um which is why i leave my phone in the other room because you won't stop texting me (laughs) i know i'm just like rhett bay where you at bay (laughs) (laughs) who you with rhett the coon rhett the coon coon. Um, no i'm to you i'm tera-san no you're you're tera-chan Yep, <laughs> we're the worst. Uh, but uh, but it makes it so I can like really focus on like deep diving into games because I've you know I think we've talked about it before. It's like I want to be captured by a game or a book or whatever, like I was when I was a kid or like in high school rather. Um, I want to have that like just that sweeping like immersion like I had for Morrowind or Oblivion or Neverwinter Nights or Kotor, whatever game it might be. Well, I was finding that I wasn't really able to get it because I was always checking my phone, you know. Right. I think that's part of like what made Dota and Counter Strike so easy is that like we could play and keep the phone down for, or you could pick up your phone every time you died. It didn't matter. Um, yeah. You know, and you're so you're able to check your texts and do all this stuff. And but I think that's I think that's really disruptive to that flow state that you get immersing yourself into games. And uh, so yeah, uh, deep work all around, everybody. Yep. Yeah, I've been trying to, uh, at work, like, my desk is set up so that I have to, if I need to uh, charge my phone, I have to, like, plug it in underneath the desk. And actually, that's, like, super helpful. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm going to just, like, put it away, and I'm going nice. to focus on what I have in front of me. That's pretty nice. nice. 
I dig it. Yeah. Well, yeah. then to us. We're growing yep. up. We're we're growing up. It's honestly, it's been really hard to sort of like balance everything that's been going on lately. You're um, telling me, man. Yeah, yeah, I know. I I can't I can't uh, match you, bro. Sure you can. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm. I just want to, you know, say like I'm still committed to what we're doing and yeah. Um, still love making games. I want to uh, get there again to where we were, but it's been lots of transition stuff going on. So yeah, um, yeah, there has been. But anyways, uh, I did want to mention. I think actually, I think it'd be kind of cool if if we had something at like the end of the episode where we each like recommend something. We challenge each um, other. I'm not doing a challenge anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just but, a gentle uh, recommendation. Yeah. Well, so uh, code uh, coding blocks, the podcast I listen to, they do a. Uh, tip of the week and each of them go through and they give some sort of coding tip and i don't necessarily mean a, a tip but like i Dude, had a couple quick things tips for that taylor we could bring back quick tips we could bring back quick tips although i don't know how many i have left in me <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah there's a couple things i just want to shout out um we've talked about both these things in the podcast but if uh if you aren't in or in the discord and if you're not in there um i want to mention these because i sort of was consumed by some of them recently but one is uh change your default browser to the ecosia or uh default search search engine to ecosia uh it's the search engine that plants trees with your searches um basically like uh if you instead of using google if you use ecosia every 45 searches you do with it they'll plant a tree uh which is pretty sick um we had some pretty deep dive conversations about whether or not they're a legit organization on Discord. And I feel like the consensus is they are. They're pretty transparent. Um, I listened to, they have a podcast as well, the Ecosia podcast, and I listened to all those in like two days. And they seem pretty legit, pretty uh, passionate about um, replanting and and everything like that. So that's cool. Uh, so far they've planted, let's see... Uh, 67,246,000 trees, uh, which is pretty sick. That's all just by your searches. Um, the other thing I wanted to shout out was uh, listen to a podcast called Drilled, um, which is a podcast about the history of climate denialism. At least that's the, the uh, first season. And then they kind of it's now it's sort of a generic climate change podcast, um, but it's just fascinating. They the first uh, season is sort of done in like a similar way as like serial, um, so it's almost like a true crime style. Um, it's just like really interesting hearing about what all these oil companies and stuff knew and what they did to sort of uh, essentially spread propaganda about climate change. Nice. So I highly recommend it. Check it out. Uh, I blitzed through that in a couple of days too. So Well done. Yeah. Well done. Um, one of my favorite podcasts, the, uh, the Page of the Wind podcast, where uh, the hosts read a page of Patrick Rothfuss's The Name of the Wind day by day uh, and then talk about it, is nearing an end. I think they've got like wow. 10 pages left. <laughs> dang dude yeah it's pretty impressive um so they've gone for like you know 700 something days uh in a row with never missing an episode (laughs) that's insane yeah very cool yeah i'm pretty into that so if you guys are uh like uh the name of the wind or if you haven't read it go check that book out it's one of my favorites uh it's got a lot of problems i guess uh um you know if you want to do the close read um and by problems i mean like you know i guess PC problems, um, which yeah. uh, Patrick Roth has like been pretty like open about. He's just like, yeah, well, I started writing the book in the '90s and things were different, and I tried to be as like socially conscious as possible, but I fell short of the standards of 2019. Um, which I think is like a reasonable thing because he's, you know, at least in my opinion, he's like one of the ones that uh, has really like shaped, um, 
you know, a lot of like my perceptions on like social justice issues and things like that. And I like to think that uh, my perceptions are not bad ones. So, um, <laughs> you know, what, like, for example, one of the main complaints is that like women don't uh, feature prominently enough uh, in the book. And I think that he would agree, especially in the first one, just because the book originally was one book uh, and then publisher had him split it into three books and he like wrote a bunch of extra scenes and just because of that i think uh some of the more powerful female characters got kind of pushed to like the second and third books um Hmm. but yeah you know it's kind of a problem with fantasy written by men occasionally but if that doesn't bother you go check out name of the wind uh it's my favorite fantasy book so Uh, also watching the show right now on amazon prime video called carnival row it's kind of a big hit kind of neat takes place in a fantasy world kind of victorian era where fair uh, where the fae or fairies live alongside mortal beings and are sort of relegated to like um uh you know like second citizen type uh you know uh, status um they're hmm. kind of like looked down upon people are really racist towards them much like how like the uh aliens were in like district nine kind of like gotcha that. it's, it's kind of yeah. interesting Carnival Row cool. is like the name of their like ghetto, basically. Um, pretty cool. So go check that out. It's on Amazon. Um, I started watching uh, Dark Crystal. Oh, nice. What do you think? Netflix. Um, it's uh, it's good. We're gonna finish finish it. Um, I had never seen the movie growing up. Yeah. Uh, and so I didn't really know what to expect. But you know, I have this love for. Um, uh what's it called non-computerized special yeah. effects i can't think of the right word but um and so yeah practical effects so it's fun like seeing these uh these puppets and you know like they've really done a fantastic job on the skexies which are like sort of like the bad guys in in this yeah they just make them so disgusting and uh I don't know. I'm just really impressed with the the costumes and everything. Um, so that's been kind of interesting. Nice. Uh, the other thing we started watching, which was kind of crazy, is this show called. It's sort of like a documentary series it's called The Family. Oh yeah. Um, which is about sort of this like hidden organization kind of a thing that sort of controls uh, U.S. politics. Um, it's pretty interesting kind of crazy um that's just a short mini series on on netflix as yeah, well yeah. five episodes but i'd recommend it it's a uh, pretty disturbing and honestly the first episode reminded me a lot of things that have happened in my life <laughs> ah. Be- because uh i don't know like when i was in school uh i was part of like a bunch of bible study stuff and it was all run by the like these big college organizations and i don't know like in hindsight it felt really a lot like the way that it's portrayed in this uh in this series so it like you were being vetted for some like pedo ring or something not quite like that but um it was just kind of it feels like maybe there was something odd going on, like a little bit unethical, sort of like kids, the kids being taken advantage of or something. I don't know. It was weird. It, it, a lot of stuff that happened, I was just like, wow, that reminded me of like my childhood in some parts. Yeah. And, and it was kind of creepy to, to see. So anyways, uh, I won't go too into, into detail on that, but it's an interesting show. Interesting. Kind of, kind of crazy. Yeah, U.S. politics are all just crazy. So I've seen that on there. I've been wanting to watch it. I've been wanting to watch that and uh, Dirty Money looks good too. Hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, we should probably wrap this up. There's a bunch of other stuff I want to talk about, but I think we'll save it for next week. Um, you know, sounds good. So yeah, hey, you guys want any and all of our links? You can do so by heading on over to GameDevsQuest.com, and uh, you can find our Twitter there. You can find a link to our Discord there. Come hang out with us. Come chat about. Uh, uh, Dave Matthews concerts and global warming and um, whatever else we've been talking about in there lately. Um, and uh, God, am I missing anything? Yeah, I guess if you guys want to check out some of these humble bundles that we've been talking about, uh, use our link, which is bit.ly forward slash GDQ hyphen humble. 
Uh, and if you use that link, it just uh, t slices a little bit off your purchase and puts it into into our pockets so that we can keep the lights on this podcast. And like we said, there's some really good book bundles right now. Uh, there's some book bundles about uh, coding in Python. There's a uh, kind of like a video series bundle on becoming a game developer, which is close to how this podcast started. Um, and then, of course, you can also go and get your RPG bundle, which uh, features Tyranny and Pillars of Eternity, also Borderlands. Um, but Pillar uh, t Tyranny and Pillars of Eternity are uh, really good. Anyway, uh, that will about do it for this week's episode of Game Devs Quest. So sorry for the mini hiatus, but uh, as you heard, we've been we've been working on ourselves. So uh, I, we hope that you guys took the time that you saved listening to us every week and use it to work on yourself as well um anyways y'all i guess unless taylor has anything to add uh, we'll catch y'all next week no that's all thanks y'all thanks for sticking with us boom cue that music mm-hmm